welcome to another edition of the UK Law Weekly Podcast with me, your host, Marcus Cleaver. This week we're going to be talking about the case of the Crown on the application of Picard Incorporated and Competition Appeal Tribunal. The citation for this case is 2023 UKSC 28. And before we start this episode today, I am delighted to announce that another person has been kind enough to leave a five-star review of the podcast, and therefore this episode is dedicated to them. Bebe Wong added a five-star review on iTunes and said that they learned a lot from this podcast. Thanks very much for that, and I hope you learn a lot from this episode as well. It is all about litigation funding agreements and statutory interpretation over a period of time. The idea behind litigation funding is pretty simple. A third party who otherwise has nothing to do with the legal proceedings finances a percentage of the legal costs in return for a percentage of the damages, if that party is successful. The question in this case is whether these litigation funding agreements constitute damages-based agreements as defined by statute. To get into the specifics, an application was launched to bring collective proceedings for breaches of competition law by truck manufacturers like Pacar, the appellants in this case. Higher prices had been paid for trucks and this was found to be a breach of competition law by the European Commission in 2016. These were simply follow-on proceedings to get compensation from those truck makers. Nevertheless, the applicants still had to show that they had adequate funding in place should they lose the case, and this is where they relied on the litigation funding agreements. The issue is that for something to be a damage-based agreement, it has to satisfy certain conditions, yet the litigation funding agreement we are looking at here does not do that. And so whether the litigation funding agreement constitutes a damage-based agreement is critical. To get into the details, the question here is whether the litigation funding agreement involves the provision of, quote, claims management services, end quote, as per section 58AA, subsection 3, of the Courts and Legal Services Act 1990. That term is defined by reference to a couple of other statutes, the Compensation Act 2006 until 2019, and then the Financial Services and Markets Act 2000 after that date. They specifically talked about regulated claims management services, with the service only being regulated if it is prescribed by the Secretary of State, or if it is specified in an order made by the Treasury. The Competition Appeal Tribunal held that the litigation funding agreements in this case did not involve the provision of claims management services, and so they were not damage-based agreements. As such, they were not unenforceable as a result of Section 58AA2. The truck manufacturers eventually secured a leapfrog appeal to the Supreme Court to challenge that decision, and so that is where we pick things up. The justices began by noting that the words claims management services in their natural meaning can cover the litigation funding agreements. The point of the broad power under the Compensation Act 2006 was to give the Secretary of State scope to decide what regulatory response might be required from time to time when this area of litigation funding was not well regulated and was rather opaque. Meanwhile, the Damage-Based Agreements Regulations 2013 
and not a permissible tool that can be used to interpret the meaning of claims management services. The problem is that the regulations were not introduced at a similar time to the Compensation Act from 2006 and do not form part of a single coherent scheme. In fact, the two pieces of legislation were not scrutinised by the same Parliament. On the other hand, something like the Compensation Regulated Claims Management Services Order 2006 did become law at around the same time as the Act, and so is a legitimate aid to interpretation. This 2006 order supports the interpretation that was suggested by the truck manufacturers. When the respondents put forward their argument, they relied on the wording of the term claims management service itself to suggest that the definition should be limited to services in the context of the management of a claim. That seems to make a lot of sense, but the majority of the justices dismissed it for a few reasons. Firstly, the terms actually used in the statutory definition do not lend themselves to having claims management as a unifying core of meaning. Secondly, claims management services does not have a standard or accepted meaning so that the words of the section are affected by that understanding. Thirdly, reading the definition in this way would be contrary to the scheme and the purpose of the Compensation Act. As such, the appeal was allowed the litigation funding agreement does constitute a damages-based agreement and is therefore unenforceable. When this decision was handed down, there was a deal of surprise from lawyers. Damages-based agreements have a lot of formal requirements associated with them and many litigation funding agreements simply do not satisfy those criteria. Tightening up the regulation will be sure to have a significant effect on this industry and the litigation that can be pursued. Indeed, the Association of Litigation Funders of England and Wales warned that the majority of funding agreements would now be unenforceable as they currently stand. This is not a good thing, and the decision from the Supreme Court will not be welcome. It is not just competition law where litigation funding agreements are common, but also consumer protection, data breaches, and environmental protection. Now, existing agreements will need to be restructured, and it will be much harder to challenge misdeeds in the future. That would be okay if it was a good judgement from the Supreme Court, but I do not think that it is. Lady Rose dissented in this case, and I think we can learn a lot from her approach. She points out that litigation funding does not fall naturally within the ordinary definition of claims management services and therefore aligns herself with the lower courts. While it is true that there is an element of financial assistance, that does not necessarily mean that such assistance constitutes a claims management service. I think that where the majority go wrong, apart from ignoring the ordinary definition of the words, is to think too much about how the definition might be affected over time. One of the reasons why the damages-based agreements regulations 2013 are ignored is because they were not passed at around the same time as the rest of the scheme, and were reviewed by a different parliament. To be sure, this is a legitimate factor to take into account, but it can't be to the exclusion of the legislation altogether. It is important to remember that the Statute Book of the UK is a constantly evolving organism, and that it is constantly interacting with itself. 
When the Compensation Act was originally passed, there were indeed concerns that litigation funding was a bit of a wild west, and needed some regulation. But as the industry became more steady and established, there was less need for intervention by the Secretary of State. The ultimate problem with this case is that while this was recognised by Parliament, it has not been understood by the Supreme Court. Well, thank you very much for listening to this case, and thanks as ever to bensound.com who provide the theme music. As always, keep getting those reviews in, and if you do leave a five-star written review of the podcast on iTunes, then I will be sure to read your username out and dedicate an episode to you. Also, check out the newsletter associated with this podcast as well. In the companion piece for this episode, I talk about the Lucy Letby case and the political football that is making defendants appear in court when sentenced. If that is something you're interested in, then do check out the link in the description for this episode, or just visit uklawweekly.substack.com. That's uklawweekly.substack.com. Anyway, I'll be back with another episode next week, but for now, bye!